0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, but... your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Mind-bending, stomach-churning,
1: and uh, laugh-inducing humor.
0: Oh, lemak, what a what a intro! What a context you've set, man. Mm. Yeah, I think I think
1: um, it's coming to that point at near the end of the year when and everyone is starting to feel a little bit more merry about everything a little more whimsical uh. <laughs> yeah exactly just I letting mean, the the letting the poetry flow. Uh.
0: but like remember i think a week ago when omicron Om- omicron was taking its its i uh, its basis uh mm. i remember my mood wasn't that uh, merry uh yeah, yeah. or were you just like merry in the background but not on the podcast so no big change for you
1: i think the you know, you know, like they, they always say that those people who like like people in Israel and everything they're always so happy and all that they're always celebrating. Or you know, because to, to them, you know, like like life is a you know the present moment. Life is such a precious gift. Rather no, because than, you can, you're in the middle of a civil war or like exactly, some border yeah, cross border you conflict. You could die. You could die of uh-huh. a terrorist attack very quickly, uh-huh. and very easily. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, rather than spend the time sulking and and worrying about the future, it's time to enjoy the now.
0: Oh, so that's your that's your mindset now, Like within a week, the circumstances seems to have like um lightened up a bit. So why not enjoy it, man? Exactly, yeah. Like go yeah, like, plan yeah. for to meet up with your friends and everything. Uh, yeah, I like that. Cool, man. So yeah, I hope you guys are having a nice midweek as well. I guess maybe we don't have the weight of the saga. There's no new saga boiling in Singapore politics that is just like. Like on uh, weighing down the shoulders of everyone in Singapore, not yet lah, not yet. Mm.
1: At least no new details Yeah, no so new details. No new details. Still, <laughs> details. yeah. St- everyone's still stewing over the
0: what happened last week, but thankfully, no new PM. details yet yeah, yeah, as of twelve pm on Thursday, uh, December 9th. So, so we're not going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about two non-political things, maybe somewhat political, maybe somewhat political. But before that, what, well, what, what is our our plug for today, Terence? Uh, as always,
1: if you feel like there's one one thing that you can give people without having to spend a single dollar, la, right? Uh, you you want to give them something special for Christmas? Give them the gift of Yallabat, which essentially is just tell them to listen to Yalabad. Yeah,
0: so, <laughs> give them I the think, gift uh, of our voices. Exactly,
1: because yeah. remember now we're resuming travel again, right? Like a lot of people yeah. are traveling, so yeah, they they need they need stuff to listen to on their long drives or long plane rides. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm getting a lot more, we're seeing a lot more DMs and, and comments about uh, listening to Yalabak while on holiday and introducing yeah. it to their friends. So I, I think that's pretty awesome that that we our footprint is expanding beyond just Asia, right?
0: Yeah, someone someone posted a picture in the, from the Arabian Gulf on a mm. beach from the Arabian Gulf on our Reddit listening to Yalabak. So shout out to you and everyone else outside of Singapore. I mean, in Singapore as well. But yeah, uh, but to those outside Singapore, thanks, man. It's really crazy, cool. huh? just the thought that our yeah.
1: voices uh have reached the
0: Arabian <laughs> Gulf when we i I <laughs> haven't been before, I've never been my voice is somewhere there, you know yeah, it's somewhere there man. Maybe that person, that person, I don't know whether it's Bluetooth connected so your voice might be on the beach and there might be other people who might be thinking, who is that annoying guy yeah. uh, whose voice is that? I've never heard yeah. that accent before. It's so damn annoying. It's damn annoying. Oh, that's us, man. It's, Hello, it's us, it's us Hello. from Singapore. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello, beachgoers <laughs> who have yeah. flown to take a break. Hello. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. Yes.
1: <laughs> but speaking of being Singaporean in a global uh, economy and all that, right? It's, it's, quite, mm. it's quite relevant, right? Exactly. What is our first exactly. topic of the day?
0: The first topic is um, during, during the Skills Demand for the Future Economy Forum held on Wednesday, December 8th, uh, it was held as a hybrid event, so a little bit of physical in-person and a little bit of offline. Um, There was a straw poll. I mean, there was a speech by uh, Education Minister Chan-chun Singh and panels with business leaders that we'll come to, but uh, there was a straw poll uh, when they asked the audience there, how confident are you of of your skills Mm. Um, uh, and and whether they will be relevant in the next three to five years. And apparently 19% of respondents said they were not confident, Mm. while the remaining 16.5% said they were very confident. Mm-hmm. Um, so so so. I mean, basically, the title of the article is "Tropical Finds Singaporeans Not Confident of Their Skills." Business leaders say it's a good sign because mm-hmm. arising from that, um, some some of the the people on the panel, uh, specifically Dr. Gok Sunju, Chief Skills Officer at Skills Future Singapore, said it is heartening that the majority of respondents were in a state of, in air quotes, conscious incompetence. Mm. Um, adding that the survey done by skills future last year showed a gap between employer and employee perceptions of the relevance of worker skills lah. Mm-hmm. yeah correct so so that was the, the crux of it, and we are gonna drill down into it so, so why did you want to talk about this specifically eh? um i think uh i I think it's just interesting because uh you know
1: Singaporeans were always told that uh Singaporeans were not um we're not ready for global economy and, and we're not ready for competition from the global economy and things like that. Like Singaporeans are not not good enough to become uh, you know, CEOs of global organizations because our own our own target market is too small and things like that. Mm. Um and so yeah, there's this there's this I mean all that all that kind of chatter, all that kind of uh, low self esteem talk has, you know, brought us to, to become ultra focused on all this skills upgrading, you know, skills future, uh, mid career switching and, and things like that, and, and I guess everything has been exacerbated by the pandemic uh mm. by the pandemic happening as well, la. Um mm. but yeah, I just, I just but actually the, the main thing that caught my attention, I just found it ironic that uh a lot of this I mean I mean this was basically an event that was helmed by uh Mr Chan Chun Singh himself, lah, right? Mm, mm. who to me I mean he is probably the the poster boy of a mid-career switcher la, right mm. you know oh yeah <laughs> you, you think about it in that <laughs> that's sense that's true <laughs> going from military green to um to PAP white la. and then yeah. subsequently you know suddenly becoming education minister and, and, and MTI and everything you know
0: he's the Ronaldo of future, switcher he's you know always the, changing yeah <laughs> <laughs> always changing and always at the top. Ah. Always at the correct. top of everywhere he goes. right? Yeah. He's not messy. He didn't stick in one career for a long time. He's the Ronaldo of skills mm. future. Chan Chun Singh is the Ronaldo of skills future. Yeah.
1: He win Everywhere <laughs> he goes, he wins a Ballon d'Or. Every- right? yeah, everywhere right. he goes. <laughs> he's the best. He becomes a he's minister the of it.
0: So, he's
1: the best. Yeah. I just, uh, I just So the whole thing. I just found it funny that, uh, you yeah, know, Chan Chun Singh, yeah, I mean, given that he's education minister, I guess he has to do it. But, you know, I, I, I would, I would, yeah. Rather than than, uh, and I mean, not not saying that these people are not qualified or what But, but I mean, they're all business leaders, and 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 you know, hearing from them talking about changing career paths and all that is is uh is probably stranger because a lot of them are they they spend their entire careers at the same organization also like <laughs> <also, laughs> You know what I mean? That's so. True. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can go and look into some of the backgrounds. I know at least one of them is a career. He's I also know. His, he I knows also he, know he's try. been in that same company, uh, you know, that GLC his entire career already, lah. Yeah. And then, and then you know he, you know, for him being qu- quoted to say that it's absolutely possible for workers to make a leap, and workers should think about how to reframe their skill sets instead of focusing on roles they can no longer do. I mean, yeah, that's a little. Bit and that ironic, person, la.
0: would you care to illuminate who that person is?
1: I anyway, mean, I, mean, I think I think can read the article and, and figure it out. Ah. But ah. my, my, my my point was just um, uh, you know, the, you know, a lot of times uh, I just want I kind of wanted to just discuss well, what the perception of a Singaporean worker is lah, and and the fact that you know when when we have low self esteem, also people are saying, hey, that's good, that's good that you have low self esteem about your capabilities lah, you know.
0: Yeah. So, so I mean, just, like, um, just to give the full context of the stats that I mentioned earlier about 19% um, saying they were not confident, like what you say, like, like low self-esteem. Um, so, this was done amongst the 550 participants at the event. So, 19% said they were not confident, 16.5% said they were very confident, and 64.5% said they were only slightly confident. But mm. I think yeah, what stuck out for me is also like um the the title, you know, business leaders say it's a good sign. Because yeah. um yeah, you know, that 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 conscious incompetence, mm. you know, like uh, it was heartening. Like you look at this sentence, Dr. Gog said it was heartening that the majority of respondents respondents were in a state of conscious incompetence. Mm. Um I mean, it, it, like, I okay, so so broadly speaking, <laughs> uh, to, to pull a phrase from your playbook, I think this conference is 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 interesting, like, it's talking about the future economy, because in other platforms, like, let's say, Twitter or YouTube, you know, words like the creator economy, you know, Web 3.0 and all that, it feels very exciting, very inspirational. Uh. Mm. So, I'm trying to dissociate the fact that this is being muttered by CEOs of GLCs and and has that that branding of skills future like, which mm. isn't the sexiest lah, like, right? Yeah. So I think objectively they them pointing out the three main sectors like the digital economy, uh, the care economy, and the green economy are all steps in the right direction lah, like, mm. right? Mm. They're talking about the twenty clusters of skills in the digit in those three sectors that are most needed, and really thinking, kind of painting the picture of like okay how how you can get into that early uh, rather than later. But just the tone of this was like um especially with the panel having all just CEOs and C-level suites just yeah. kind of it felt it feel like they're talking down eh. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. you confuse people you know all, all of you who are consciously incompetent you know it's mm. good it's good you 19% yeah. all of you are conscious of your incompetence what a fucking phrase to use yeah, right exactly. um, and I think and you raised
1: a good point about the the fact that they are all many GLCs and and you know a big big uh, conglomerates and all that like DBS Singtel Semco industries HMI group you know um but yeah you know if you really want to talk about transformation you got to then you got to think about industries that are also are also like shaking things up like you know you think about the startups like the carousels and the grabs and and, and all and all those uh, really really unicorns are uh, right and those those um i mean even themselves as companies they have come in and really shaken things up and and, and and encourage people to think outside the box like, right? Mm. Whereas whereas I feel like, yeah, when you get all these like, you know, like big, big, big corporations and the CEOs telling people about yeah, you know, skills upgrading. When when you look at the background, you're like, huh? What 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 skills did you upgrade, you know? And then, yeah. um, then I'm like, huh? Why why you te- why are you telling people to do this? Unless it's like, so, you're, like you're basically being forced to like,
0: so that's why I feel conflicted because if you read through the report, I mean, there's a 70-page SG skills demand for the future economy with a three-page executive summary. I think it's quite comprehensive like, in the sense they talk about the certain skills and how you can kind of see how relevant those skills are to those three industries and how you can get involved. Uh, so I think that's great. And I think the mid-career switch... It's almost like, um, maybe for all these people on the panel, uh, like, uh, let's say, the one that I know for a fact also, Mr. Yuen Kwan Moon, the Singtel CEO, he's been with Singtel for a long time, and when he took over the CEO role earlier this year, um, a big part was, okay, this is someone who has grown with Singtel over the past 20 plus years, uh, and he's now CEO, it's really like, okay, like he, he embodies the ethos of the company, right? So, mm-hmm. So, maybe the message, what they're trying to say is that, okay, it's fine to make a mid-career switch because once you jump into the career that is your calling, then you stay the course. Maybe, thankfully, what, what they should have put a uh, explicit banner behind the stage, like, all the people on this stage found uh, what they f- they are good at early on. You can also jump on that bandwagon and this is just, maybe you started off on the wrong career and want to make the switch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: but but just the the messaging and the communications like if you read the report all the forwards are yeah from like CEOs of company. there's one forward from the chief executive of skills future the chief skills officer at skills future the CEO of Singtel. um and it just feels like they're prepping the workforce for their companies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rather than getting some people who actually made a mid-career switch. I mean, they have a few like one-two line quotes from people who have been kept anonymous. But it feels like if you want to inspire people, why is it coming from top down? And, and this is... In parallel with, you know, saying Singapore is going to be the hub of all these startups, all the Asia offices of these global companies are going to be here. It's almost like, it's the main thing like, okay, you're inviting people to set up here and you're supplying them with Singaporean mid-career switchers who are consciously incompetent. Like, all you consciously incompetent people, now nah, you go here and you become uh, unconsciously competent or something like that. Like. So, I just felt like reading it, I was like, hmm, am I, am I inspired to 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 think about this or is it just like okay this is where I fit like you know it's like like I think what yeah. the self esteem thing you say like it didn't feel inspiring la.
1: yeah and and I mean like like uh, just to add on to what you're also pointing out lah like you know navigating we're not saying that these people who who are on the panel or they are incompetent or anything in fact yeah they are probably the best at their their job lah right which is to navigate mm. the complexities of a large organization con- conglomerate and everything which means also means, you know, playing office politics and stuff like that. Well, la, right? Being good at it, mm. la, right? <laughs> yeah. So nobody talks about that in this kind of in this kind of paper, right? You know yeah. the kind of soft <laughs> skills you need to to succeed yeah. and rise up to the top of an organization. Yeah, I wish, correct. <laughs> that's why it rings so empty when I hear all these CEOs talking about learning technical skills and all that, because that's not gonna get you the CEO job, la, Let's face it, lah. Huh? You know, yeah. we, we all know nobody hires a CEO based on like. How how good your your PSLE score your you know wh- whatever course you went through that you know that, well, based on that <laughs> la. So why are they not talking about those softer things that they need? Uh, and granted the the economy the, the report does mention very briefly la, You know below everything else, it, it mentions that that um that, that we also need to um, uh. There's a set of transferable soft skills that guides how we think critically, interact with one another, and stay relevant. <laughs> and I found this really funny these are called critical core skills CCS mm. which is also <laughs> Chan Chun Singh uh, you know <laughs> CCS critical core skills uh, that enable so integration busy. of knowledge across disciplines Also, so, basically they're saying that these are the soft skills that will enable you to you know, uh, perform well in in these big organizations even after you've done the technical, the technical skills but there's almost like no no data. I mean, very little data talking about. It's just like a paragraph of words. You know? mm. yeah. So, so that's I thought that, 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 is, that is important when that writing a good email, inspiring email and everything, you know, that is important. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it almost feels like, in short, like to succeed, you need CCS, lah, right? Yeah, and exactly. that can be seen many, many ways. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, no, because you, you don't know why, at the end of it, you're like, mm, yeah, Chan Chun Singh should be the next prime minister. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's why he, all <laughs> the subliminal messaging. Uh, I hear CCS, yeah. you know, CCS has helped my career. What, CCS for PM sounds good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I think, yeah. like, I mean, to be clear, we're, we're not saying that, oh, you know, if you have no idea about your career path, and all means you haven't jumped on the ride, right writer. No, man, fuck, man. Like last year when the co- when COVID hit us, even we we kind of had to, not say switch careers, but switch content formats. And, and it's not a fun process, la, right? Mm, if there learning, was something- Learning from scratch, yeah. Yeah, if there was something we could consult, oh, what to do when we can't make videos and TV shows, oh, that would, be, that would have been helpful. La. So mm. anyone going through his mid-career switch, there's a lot of info that, can be useful, can be inspiring, can be motivational. But this one, just reading it, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how, how other people feel listening to this because it almost felt like, you know, you go to this thing and then you hear all these C-level suite executives just do a straw poll saying how many of you are confident of your skills? Oh, 90% of you are not confident. That's good. It just mm. feels like that same old narrative, like, okay, we're like, people who are maybe not so sure about their careers are confused flock that need guidance from these people. Like, if they also, I'm sure if you ask the people on the panel, right, the straw poll, are you confident of your skills and whether it will be relevant in three to five years? Mm. If they're being honest, I can't imagine any CEO saying, oh, yo, I'm fully confident. No, that means I, you're probably not a good CEO if you don't have that level of like, oh, fuck, we need to constantly innovate. So, yeah, just just them uh, acknowledging the question. I tried to find um, the the detailed videos or anything from the thing. All, all I could find was Chan Chun Sing's speech, but it felt like it's very much the Chan Chun Sing style when there was that leaked audio, like you know, saying just mm. listen to the mm. government, we yeah. tell you what to do. Which, which is sad because the info they're collating, they're consolidating has a lot of benefit. Like mm. the care economy. That's the first time I've heard the care economy but it makes so much sense. Like mm. aging populations yeah. are, are becoming bigger, bigger all across the world and it is an industry. Right now everything is web 3, you know, crypto, crypto but there are these economies that are fucking going to be huge. So I think that's yeah. great and for a government to say the green economy is going to be a priority, that's great. But yeah. just in the messaging, reading it, I feel like oh fuck. Okay yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I think I think you, yeah. you
1: raise a super good point. Uh, that the care economy we're really talking about, especially post a post-COVID world, right? Where we understand that we our you know our hospitals are understaffed and a lot of care needs to be done uh at home, right? Like when you get mm. COVID and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I I I've I've heard of friends who, you know, uh, they use an app, for example, to hire a freelance nurse to help mm. them monitor their, their their parents' health and things like that. So so those are the real like day to day. It affects your life, kind of like um, improvements, like Right, you know, mm. being able to 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 get a freelance nurse on the on the on call, almost on demand, and, and without having to you know go through phone calls and all these things like that. So yeah, that it really is a and given. Singapore's aging population. There is a there will be a very big demand from this. you can tell like our priorities are like digital economy, green economy care economy so I think it's fantastic la, that this is a focus but yeah like you said it's just not uh, coming across when in the, the way that they're communicating it la.
0: yeah and I mean the article title also says finds Singaporeans not confident on their skills hey fuck you la, okay? you only say that when the majority of Singaporeans say that it's 19% yeah. It communicates a very big, big difference, you know, straight times, yeah. okay? Uh, and business leaders say it's a good sign. Already, it finds like, okay, business leaders, not Singaporeans, well, it's just that sort of messaging is problematic. And I mean, I will contrast this with the, the goal, you know, I think 2030, where we want the 30, 30 by 30, 30% of our um, food supplies, to come from Singapore or something, that mm. to me is inspiring because it spurs innovation, and you see all these green, uh, like farming companies, this tech, farm, farm tech, and all coming up, and that's great, like But when I read this, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, you're know, not
1: inspired I, to go and learn more CCS, huh?
0: Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, <laughs> the CCS thing also is damn important because everything we hear, you know, it's in like meritocracy, you work hard, you succeed. But the, what you go through life, you realize, eh, hey, fuck, you can be as smart as anyone. You can be the smartest, the hardest worker, but if you don't know how to play the game, you're not going to get anywhere. And like what you said, I bet everyone on that panel has has had that secret CCS classes, you know. Yeah. Like Chan Chun Singh holds a tutorial, you know, like like private tutorial every yeah. Thursday night. The CCS on CCS. CCS on CCS. (laughs) Because that's the truth. It's like the the same thing. Anyone who has entered the workforce, you realize that we are never told about the importance of a boss. And like your first job, rather than what you do, your boss is like probably one of the most critical factors in shaping your view of work, or Working in an organization, but that's never taught in schools. I don't know whether it's taught in schools now, yeah. Right? Or even just so, writing, writing
1: like uh, an email or memo in the mm. office uh, that doesn't come across as like, oh my god, like who the hell read this and the kind of thing, like, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, the tinfoil hat on, maybe that's that's the goal, uh, like, like you want Singaporeans to provide the, the work that that is needed in future, but you want people to rock the boat or not, you want so, people to, yeah. Yeah. To, to life, right? Or maybe the, the innovation comes from outside to set up in Singapore. Then Singapore mm. we just we just have all these people like uh, ready to to work. Lah.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I mean granted uh, this is just one of multiple kind of uh panels and all. and and to the government's credit, there is I have seen and I have felt like the the push to innovate and the push to to encourage startups. I think now it's easier to start a business than than how it has been before. There is a lot of emphasis on the creator economy. Even if it comes from the government, uh like like uh, Media Corp and stuff. It just feels like this this the way they package this was especially when you're talking about digital economy and all this exciting stuff, right? The way they package yeah. this felt very old school. No and, and you say it's one event, but I mean we
1: ourselves we went to uh, an event last week, right? The, oh, yeah. the uh, Asian <laughs> Television Forum. <laughs> I Do you guess we walk away inspired? That. Do you walk away inspired from that? Not?
0: holy shit, man! No, My God!
1: God. <laughs> like after two years of missing our events, for that to go to that one felt it felt like attending a funeral. Yeah, wow. mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Actually, yeah, that's a very good thing to bring up. So this Asia Television Forum is something that happens every December at uh, Marina Bay Sands. And there's a bunch of panels and there's a bunch of talks, but there's also like this trade fair where there are a lot of booths where you get producers from different countries setting up shop, you get network, you get filmmakers, and everyone is just talking. And yeah, the past years when we've been invited there, I always come across like, oh my God, the world is my oyster. Um, But this year, there wasn't... The that trade fair and we were just left with uh, a hybrid event similar to what the Skills Demand for Future Economy Forum sounds like, like which was live mixed with hybrid but, but what happened there Terence and what did you feel uh? No, like, like I said like, it was just very somber there was no like
1: thought about how to you know jazz up the event a bit such that it's it's not just it doesn't feel like you're sitting through lectures and everything mm. and, and uh, the the, the I guess the similar to this, the choice of, of panellists, or it was very safe, la, right? It was all very mm. corporate and everything. So I was like, what? Well, you know, I'd rather just be watching YouTube or watching this on YouTube than like sitting there and all that. La. So I mean, I, I'm just calling out because yeah, I, I felt like it was a very bad reflection of what Singapore you know, is trying to do, la, right? You know, in, like mm. what you said, in being innovative. And also I feel that whoever is applying these
0: events also need to do a better job, lah. Yeah, and, and I guess it is going to be difficult to to uh, organize a hybrid event, right? Probably most yeah. of your time is spent on the logistics and admin, but it just feels like um, the little tweaks and, and the, the way the reports are written, that it can have a multiple, e- multiple effect. Like, because now it feels like you, you want to inspire and empower people, but you're kind of telling them what to do, which kind of defeats the purpose. Mm. Uh, and it feels like all the info is there and... Yeah, la. but that's why I'm curious how other people feel. Maybe other people read the report, read the article, they're like, yeah these Harish and Terrence, ah, always bastards. want to shit on yeah, cynical bastards. It's fucking cynical yeah. bastards, yellow bastards, you know, just like for just fucking just shitting on everything. Yeah. So I I I am curious because there there are not many articles right being written about this as well. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. just check out the report. There's an executive summary like that helps. La.
1: Yeah. And and then yellow, yeah, talking about all the critical soft skills, uh, critical mm. core skills that are required mm, to succeed mm. in the workplace, right? Actually, yeah. we see a very, very good example in our second story, <laughs> la, right? <laughs> yeah, and second, and, th- and this one is probably a negative example. What happens if you don't have those critical core skills? La? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can still succeed, but yeah, at, at what cost, la, right? So what is yeah. this second story that we're talking about? La?
0: So there's this uh, mortgage lender in the US called better.com, la. Um, which is like a huge company, it was a startup now, it's a scale-up, it has like, a, like I don't know, 8,000 8, employees, and they're on track to do another spec uh, listing that values them at like 7 billion or something, so their CEO, uh, Mr. Vishal Garg, uh, made the news because last, choose, uh, last week, I believe, he held a Zoom call with over 900 of his employees, and the the point of the call was nothing other than to let everyone on the call know that if you're on the call, your employment is being terminated immediately. Mm. It was like a three and a half minute video, I believe. And immediately after that, just reading accounts of the staff, they said they lost access to their email, they lost access to their to their uh, like cloud drives and it's just, it just a, huh, what the hell is happening? Mm. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, so how do you hear about that
1: instance? Uh? Uh, I mean, it was a lot of articles were going on about it. And regardless of what the company was, I think like in Singapore on, you know, for example, Straits Times was covered as US boss um, apologizes after laying off 900 employees over Zoom. So I think it's not so much that um, they were, I mean, okay, like it's a combination of everything. Uh, but I think the big thing is that you know, for the first time, like this is a mass layoff happening over a Zoom call, uh, right? Mm. Mass layoff. So I think it's the, it's probably the the most uh, dystopian view of 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 Zoom meetings brought to brought to the nth level uh, when 900 mm. people are laid off like over just over a if a, a Zoom call a faceless Zoom call, you know, uh, as opposed to like compared to like town halls and things like that that people used to have la. Uh, yeah, so, so I think that's what got the news, uh, but but uh, how about you? Like, what 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 was your most immediate reaction on seeing this?
0: I mean, I saw it when it was making the news a few days ago, um, and like it didn't surprise me that something like this would happen. It just yeah. blew my mind when I I thought it would be at the end of a of like a, a discussion or after that there was some discussions about why and all. It was a fucking three plus minute video, um, and there are actually videos uploaded online where employees happen to be recording the Zoom call. uh, So you can see how curt and how transactional his his message is. He said this is at one point he said this is not the first time he's done this. The first time he did it he cried. It was very tough. And this second time he wants to be stronger. uh, Mm. And then it just kind of uh, ended very abruptly. Uh, But since then as of 10 hours ago he actually issued an apology. You know that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: So so I have I (laughs) <laughs> it just feels like the apology, okay, it was a sincere apology and he wasn't defensive or anything. Mm. But that's why it, like. it feels like this, this it doesn't it doesn't add up. La. Like what how could that have have happened where normally when people do something fucked up and they apologize, I mean I would I, I would think the thing is more common that it's a non-apology apology, but this one mm. he just he just added up, faced up to it.
1: Mm, mm, mm.
0: So right. So in, uh,
1: in in essence, lah, right? You are saying that he, uh, you, you. I mean, the firing was is I mean, it's a normal course of business, lah, right? For mm. for layoffs to happen, mm. uh, and and it's more just the way he did
0: it, lah. That is the issue. I mean, but to even to lay off nine hundred people at one time, I I always feel like if if you're laying off someone, it should be at least they should hear your voice, uh. Like and it should be a one on one not a okay. mass layoff like.
1: Yeah, I, okay, okay. Let's, let's let's uh bring this back to Singapore. I think in the last two years like, uh, let's talk about the pandemic in the last two years. Uh, yeah, we know shit has happened. Like for even us personally, uh, when Hook the network that that produced our show and and and, and still owes us money was liquidated mm. suddenly. Mm. You know, right before yeah. circuit breaker. Yeah. Uh, but let's not go too much into that again. Like. That's more our own thing. Uh, then there was also Nice that also liquidated suddenly and left a lot of, uh, uh, you know, customers and all that hanging. There was uh Robinsons that also liquidated, and left mm. a lot of people, even customers who who ordered mattresses from them, you know, worried about whether they would get their mattresses and, and people who are sold stuff on consignment as well, Right. Um. And then, um, uh, is there anything else that that? Oh, uh, um, honey, honest beer. I mean honestly, you yeah, it's it's just a... but I'm just saying anything that, that happened over Zoom or calls that 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 uh were very bad. Uh not that, that
0: worked, I can think of.
1: Cor- corporate yeah. wise and everything. Okay, yeah. not that you can Okay yeah, so yeah. So basically um I I think that, that's what we're trying to discuss here, right? Like how how would um, given everything that we've seen happen in the last two years as well, we know that layoffs and company liquidating and all that, they are just part of the reality of the economy, the reality of running a business, the reality of COVID, lah, right? Mm. Um, if, but if you were this guy, Vishal Garg, how would you have done it better?
0: I mean, I think the the shining example is how Airbnb did it, lah. Mm. Um, I think uh, there are many case studies written about how they handle their mass layoffs at the when pandemic was hit, like the 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 covid was hitting sh- the shit sh- shit hit the fan. Like. I think first of all they were very honest about the situation of the company, and mm-hmm. then they did say that. So this is what I recall that they did say that they're going to have to make layoffs, mm. um, and that everyone would have like individual kind of like uh, uh, plans put together by the company's HR in terms of, okay, where they could go next uh, Mm. and very comprehensive packages to really, really take care of the employees. And I think that became like, oh, shit, if you need to do mass layoffs, you do it that way. Um, I think at the core of it, it was, okay, you're being honest, you're being upfront. People know that your companies, your employees, they are probably in the best place to understand the inner workings of the company and if it's struggling. And then Mm. just... Treat them like as humans, like in this case, it was the total opposite of that, yeah. Mm. But yeah, so so that's uh, what I recall. Uh.
1: Okay, uh, oh sorry, just don't remember I was trying to say that there was probably one more event that in happened in Singapore that that triggered that, that, that was triggered in me like when I read this, mm. and and it's actually something you and I are very familiar with or so. Mm. Yale and US, uh? my friend, Yale and US. Oh yeah, correct. So, termination via Zoom, right? Remember how the whole Yale and US thing turned out. When basically. Was it done over Zoom? That was done over Zoom? Virtual town hall. Virtual town hall. Oh. Where everyone, you couldn't even speak. La. You know, when only, only, it was just basically top down, la, right? Remember the whole hashtag no more top down. Yeah, so, yeah, right. it, I think that was one of the main complaints of the students, la, right? That they felt like they were not a part of a community at all. They felt like they had no voice. They felt like it was just top down, just here, here, this is what it is. And too bad, too bad about your feelings, la, right? Mm. So I think there's one very big part about this, this termination that that yeah you know, it just happened in this massive, 900 people Zoom call, uh, where where whereas like like uh, I think I'm sure these people work in smaller teams with you know with managers and things like that, it really should be coming from their direct supervisor or manager first lah, and then after mm. that maybe a town hall or something like that lah. Because oh, actually, the Yeah. No, go sorry, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean my, my thought is that I mean the day to day you work with you work with this these people, right? Mm. And 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 day to day you need to have some kind of trust in that relationship in order to work with them. So it needs to I think it needs to come from your, your direct boss first, if anything.
0: Mm. And I mean but but interesting enough, if you go Google mass layoff uh over Zoom, right? Mm. It's actually been happening a lot, no? Oh, is it? Like, apparently, last March, Uber uh, laid off 3,500 employees over a Zoom call. Oh, really? There's an article, wow. how to conduct virtual layoffs compassionately on the <laughs> Better Workplaces, Better World blog. Oh, my um, God. There's an article saying that, yeah, like, uh, startups all over the place are doing layoffs in, like, mm. from 34 employees to 400 employees over Zoom. So, wow. So. <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Yeah. yeah So okay so oh my God, this blows my mind man. Um, yeah. because I mean I guess in the like you know one thing that, that seems to be the case with a lot of these tech startups is like anything that can be made more efficient, uh, made more productive cut down the processing time, is always yeah. prioritized. Like Maybe in this yeah. case, you're like, okay, we're spending 50 minutes uh, per person if we lay off Im- uh, uh, one at a time. That's costing us X amount of dollars per minute. Uh, why don't we just do it all at a time because the information is given to them. There's no difference in the information and blah, 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 blah. And then it just spirals into this kind of shit. Like. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit.
1: But, but then, then that's where it's very short-sighted in the sense of like, how much it costs to hire good people, uh, right? And and mm. the good PR that comes with like handling a layoff, uh, uh, you know, a very painful layoff properly. Uh, but th- I, I, think, I think like what you said, Airbnb was a very good example. I actually do remember it even though it was quite a while back, uh, right? Yeah. And, and there was just a uh, general PR about it was that, oh, it was a, there's the right
0: way to do it. Uh. And, and I guess the one thing here, I mean, even if you want to lay off someone or terminate someone, there are things you can do in place to maybe like have conversations about performance. Mm. Have a, a time period to improve failing which then the thing gets terminated. I think what was shocking about this is that it came out of nowhere. Mm. Mm. And the company um, just
1: raised money or something, right?
0: Yeah, company just raised money and it feels like these people were not laid off for things that they did. It wasn't like a misdemeanor or something. It was mm. just, okay, they were deemed uh, to be redundant. Yeah. And then, boom, you are uh, uh, terminated. Because I think... Like, if you ask me, a one-on-one layoff done over Zoom between a supervisor and their subordinate, that I'm okay with. Mm. Right. right. It's just right. that, uh, there ideally, hopefully, be some some steps that led up to that. Uh, it's done privately because it's on the Zoom call, right? Then you can just see who else is on the call, and then yeah. fuck everyone. You know, they don't have a job already. Yeah. So I- it's a public event for something that is is like proposing over Zoom in front of nine hundred people. Yeah. Who the fuck does that? Well, proposing can still have. To, happy to ending, all nine hundred people. To all yeah. nine hundred people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, proposing to one person amongst nine hundred. Yeah, okay, you can yeah. still do that. People do that at concerts, but you wouldn't yeah. propose to all of them, lah. Right. Correct. Or you wouldn't yeah, get yeah. nine hundred. Oh, fuck! What am I saying? Nine hundred people proposing to nine hundred other people on a thousand eight hundred people Zoom call. Yeah, and and when I I think uh the important thing the point is we're not we're not like uh
1: communists saying that oh just cause you raise money you cannot fire people. 'Cause that's not mm. the reality of business, la, right? In fact the yeah. Airbnb layoffs happened after they raised another two billion in emergency capital. La. But at the same time, you also know that travel was collapsing in, in the you know, two years ago, la, right? The travel yeah, industry was yeah. collapsing. So Airbnb wasn't was knew that it was not gonna be in a good place. La. I'm not I'm not giving them cutting them slack, but uh, I, I think what, what what I'm also pointing out is that um if you just raise capital, maybe especially in the US la, right? Maybe the best time to lay off people is not just before the holidays, la. yeah. <laughs> not just before Christmas. La. You're really ruining a lot of people's uh, family visits and Christmas and everything, like, You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, why? You know, just so you mentioned our own experience with the liquidation, and and why I don't want to go into the details per se, but why I want to refer it because I mean, we are also speaking with some context of hearing horrible news um, through a press release lah, right, not even a correct. Zoom call, yeah. and it fucking sucked lah, yeah, uh, and it came out of nowhere, so, it came right so, before
1: the circuit breaker as well, and yeah, the un- there was so much unease about what the hell is going to happen, and then suddenly, yeah. like, we, this, this, the hammer dropped on us as well,
0: not even holidays, circuit breaker though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it felt like shit lah, and the, re- the consequences, we're still feeling it now, um, yeah. But but yeah, it just feels like... But you know what? You know what is the one thing that could have prevented all this uh, from happening? If the CEOs had what, Terrence? A the little CEOs? what in them? A little what? Compassion? No. like fuck, Oh, CCS, CCS. CCS. Critical cause. Exactly. <laughs> yes. See, we learned something today. Huh? Yeah, CCS is the solution to everything when it comes to compassion and empathy. La. Yeah, correct. correct CCS. Correct. CCS. Yeah. Oh yeah, speaking of compassion, Mm. he also, the other thing he said in his Zoom
1: call, if you watched it, is that he said, oh, I didn't want to do this. The last time I did it, I cried.
0: As if like, as if people are supposed to feel bad for you that you are the one laying people off, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say that is that I mentioned that like 10 minutes ago, so clearly you don't listen to eh, me eh, when I speak. eh, Sorry, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. We're talking about communicating over digital platforms, Terence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I and mean, yet, you know, like, I just, I was just I was
1: testing. Me. I was just testing whether <laughs> you listen to me. Yeah. That's that's of my course, thing.
0: Yeah. I hang on to your every word, man. There's a CCS, you know, like you test employees, <laughs> you test each other once in a while. No, that's yeah. anti-CCS <laughs> where you kind of like don't expect the best from your employees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But good, yeah, good. means you got anti-CCS. chance. It means you got chance
1: to improve. You got chance to improve. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, but la, yeah, man. I mean it's yeah. quite shitty, quite shitty. I, I think I think and and
0: not that it's gonna affect him. I mean he's a billionaire and, and, and everything. And he's a founder, lah. It's not say he just came in like uh yeah. two months ago and is like yeah. rejigging things. He's a founder. Any, yeah, like, he built
1: the company, he hired these people, he paid them, you know, and 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 everything. And I I mean I can't there's a lot of uh hearsay about how he's a bully at work and all that, but at the same time. You know, all those are, all that he as well. La. It's just you one it's very objective that this this wasn't handled well, la,
0: this firing. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean I went to his LinkedIn just to see because now it's almost like when a CEO does something like this, because mm. of LinkedIn, it's like when an influencer fucks up and you go to their Instagram and you see how people are commenting, like so yeah. I'm on his LinkedIn now. And I mean, yeah, like there are comments, but he hasn't posted something for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean understandably. He did he did post the note on better.com, like his apology. This is a text uh a document. Um, and he said they will be having uh an upcoming all hands meeting about what to expect for the year ahead and that he hopes that everyone will join him for the discussion. Like, how mm-hmm. do you have an all hands meeting <laughs> with your company after just laying off nine hundred people? And the thing is a lot of the top level executives in the company have also left, no? There's yeah. like an exodus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. I mean, but yeah. you know, they
1: probably they they are trying to distance themselves from that. Uh, this this very bad PR move, la, Right, because mm-hmm. you're talking about the right. head of comms, head of marketing, all that that quit, la. Uh, Yeah, correct, So correct, so correct, these correct. people just don't want to be associated with such a toxic, uh, toxic gesture from a company, mm. la, Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it sets your company back, la, When you lose people because of of the way you you handle these things as well, la.
0: And I mean, even the Zoom call, you look at the screenshots, he's like sitting a distance away from the laptop. He's not even close up. You know, he's reading from like a script. Like yeah. holy shit, man! Like it's almost like he just
1: doesn't have enough time to even deal with all yeah, like bloody emotions. <laughs> I just want to get this over <laughs> with during my workday. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's all schedule. on oh, nine to nine o four. Uh, fire nine hundred people. Okay, okay, can uh click on the link? You know the calendar invite. Click on <laughs> the link, join the call. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, let's. I respect your time. Let's keep it short. Let's get straight to the point. You're all are off. Uh, bye bye. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, is it. Yeah, but let's yeah,
1: it's still it's still I mean it's still a step better than hearing through a press release like right? That yeah,
0: that that yeah. You know, that yeah yeah the company you're working with and everything. It's I mean, just the, gonna disappear. Uh, uh yeah la, the and especially when they haven't finished the payments. Yeah, at yeah. some point, we we need to share that story la. At some point like at some point, I don't know when we can la. Yeah, still, some point, la. still, still some point. sorting that out la. Yeah, we will. But let's
1: not put ourselves at the center of the of the story right now. It's, it's I'm all a about story. putting ourselves at the center. You know me right? Yeah, you know, you know. No, no, I'm just saying in the spirit of Christmas, lah. Let's talk about something more positive, which is your oh, okay, one okay. short okay. comment. Yes. Uh, would you like to go first? Uh yeah, they actually um I think you know the last two podcasts we talked about Raisha Khan, right? So yeah, uh, yeah la, the 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 I think most a lot of people haven't realized that we've actually released two podcasts about the whole Raisha Khan incident already, la. So mm. the there are still comments coming in for that first podcast, but not so much for the second one, You know? mm. um, so I mean, I I thought the 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 one comment that we had on this second podcast was was interesting. It's a couple of uh, educators who apparently are in Scotland on holiday right now. Very nice, Scotland, yeah. and yeah. they've been listening. I mean, they uh, this person is is a listener of a podcast and. And started to play this uh, the podcast to his or her friends, uh. or, yeah, uh, yeah, and then and, um, from there, yeah, they 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 enjoyed the podcast and they you know started to guess what schools were from and everything, mm. um, which is very Singaporean thing to do, but okay, like I think I think is normal that it happens, but um, yeah, they I think the nice nefariousness seven seven one also just says that uh yeah, as an educator, they disagree with a point that I made in the last podcast about uh, you know, whether teachers can moonlight as, as uh, as what uh, sugar babies la. because uh, mm. you know the uh, the teachers are they, they they say that teachers are not just meant to teach the subjects, so they don't have such like their their scope is a lot wider than that lah. They also influence kids, etc., etc. So I mean, this is coming from educators. So I, I get, I get where they're coming from, la. And then they, they, but they also did. Uh, this person also gave us a very good heads up that um, the teacher might be getting in trouble not because of her personal, uh, personal uh, preference to be a sugar baby, but it's because when it comes to earning extra income, teachers need to seek permission from school leaders and declare the extra income earned because of transparency, la. So mm. moonlighting is not even allowed. La. Like you can't, I think like, like like you're not supposed to be like tu- teaching tuition on the side and things like that. So I think being a sugar baby would be considered a form of moonlighting, which is not allowed when you're a teacher. La. I
0: see. Actually, mm. that's a good point. Eh? That, yeah, so I,
1: I, that was a point that for some reason evaded us. La, and it's, it's such a basic point as well, like, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that is fucking true. <laughs> So yeah,
1: thank you for pointing that out to us even while on your holiday in Scotland.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. man. I can imagine you like in Scotland enjoying winter and all and thinking, No, risky, we have risky. to Yeah uh, We have to correct these two people. So thanks for that man. Thanks for yeah, taking yeah. the time away from your holiday, man. Fantastic. Yeah. Introducing oh, not- doing doing that
1: thing like introducing one uh, yellow butt to your friends. That's fantastic. Yeah, then
0: maybe next time you can play it when you're at a bar in Scotland so they can hear the Singaporean voices saying, hello, oh, okay. hello there. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> I, I, I like whiskey. Hello. Uh, uh, hello, hello. Cool, man. Guess, so what's your one short thing? Uh, one one short comment, I mean. Uh, I mean, my one short comment is, is I think, like I, I, I found it quite illuminating to to see mm. people's reactions. This is on the last Episode that we the second last episode we did on Raisha Khan where we oh no the this the second last, the one with more comments like which is two four zero um because I think after after talking through it I also was kind of like trying to uh determine okay like were my biases a bit too much uh into it because yeah I I am biased uh, uh I am I try to be objective but reading the comments where yeah people were also. Kind of sharing their own thoughts, like like for example, I think story returns uh, wrote and dissected Edwin Tong's continual attempts to inject his own narrative. Mm. So when I read that, I mean, of course, they went into detailed and uh, not to say I agree with everything, but it, it's at least good to know that that our thoughts also was like uh, felt by other people Though we, I have received feedback uh, separately also about how our biases came across. So mm. uh yeah, it, it's just it's just I think this is one of the more thought provoking episodes about how I share my own thoughts on this podcast. Because yeah, we don't shy away from the fact that we have our own uh, biases and prejudices, but we try and be objective like which is the point of this podcast, like no one is totally objective, right? But it's how mm. you balance other thoughts like So yeah, it's quite quite reflective for me, like reading those comments and hearing feedback from from our listeners who like are my friends and all that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's that's uh I think it's it's always interesting to hear. I I, I realize like people you can also tell a lot about people's you know, their political leanings as well, based on what mm. they how they react to certain things you see on the podcast, like right. Yeah, you yeah. Know, some people say that we are too we're too soft on WP already. And then some mm. people say, Oh,
0: actually you're very objective, you know. That, like. Yeah, so so I mean it's important for us not to say that we will change our perspectives but to understand like how we are communicating it because yeah we don't shy from shy away from the fact that we have our prejudices, but maybe that should should be made more clear so that when people listen also they understand where our starting point is. Like. But yeah, yeah, it's it's all in the interest of getting better as podcasters. So thanks for everybody for the feedback. Thank you. Uh yes, and
1: then now the one shook thing. Do you have your one shook thing ready? Yes. Um
0: I have I have my one shock thing uh, that was started, um, I don't think I've, I've mentioned this before, but there was this guy who got famous on Instagram for mm. for portraying himself as one of the sisters of Kendall Jenner. Mm. Um, and what he would do wait while I find his name, um, uh, wh- what he would do is he would take pictures of uh, Kendall Jenner and Photoshop himself into it uh and make it seem like he's he's there la. uh and and now it's been turned into a, a Hulu show okay so yeah the Instagram account is Kirby Jenner mm. And I think it did start with him just taking pictures of uh, uh, Kendall Jenner online and very artistically, very carefully inserting himself right into it to make it seem like he's there. And now he has a show on Hulu, which is kind of like a mockumentary where he is actually playing one part of the family. Like, and, and they're kind of taking a piss at what he was making fun of them for. And it's turned into a Hulu show and the trailer looks pretty funny. Like. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think, cool. I think I mentioned to you way back. Yeah, this guy. If you go back, you see his early photos. He just digitally inserts himself there. Yeah. Uh, and then now it's a real thing, man. Yeah, I think I've
1: I've seen the account and and all before. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's cool, man. It's, it's cool. cool. So now the fact that it's actually becoming a show, god damn, man. Wow. Well, no bet Yeah. Oh. Um, and and what is your one show thing? Yeah, my one shock thing actually is
1: just uh. I mean, if you if you really dig the corners of of the internet, and and you're a fan of like uh pro wrestling or mixed martial arts, you probably would have seen this. Um, basically, there there's a there was a journalist uh for BT Sport called Ariel Helwani. He, he's very well known in the mixed martial arts circles for you know for for being um. I would I wouldn't say pesky but he definitely has a very bad relationship with the UFC and Dana White, like the boss of the UFC because of, mm. of because of certain news that he's leaked before. Um but basically now he's working for BT Sport, which is the British a uh, British organization uh, that covers UFC and all as well. But he's also got a very big interest in pro wrestling and then not mm. not just about like you know the physical or the, who's the champion but even just the business side of things. So he had an interview recently with uh, Paul Heyman who is known as one of the you know the 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 best uh, promoters in in wrestling uh, you know he, he yeah, for, for those who don't know he, he promoted uh, he was one of the big promoters of ECW extreme championship wrestling many years ago uh, and now he is in WWE as like uh, uh, again a promoter like uh, someone who hypes up like Brock Lesnar and 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 you know all the champs and all that uh. so mm-hmm. literally the video that they, they they the excerpt that I watched was Ariel Helwani versus Paul Heyman, who wins the promo war. This is how to cut a killer WWE promo. So, um, yeah, you know, being a pro wrestler, it's not just about the physical aspect of it, but actually about how to sell yourself, like how to use the mic to, you know, sell yourself and to sell your match and everything. Mm. So, Ariel Helwani re- just really has a segment where he asks Paul Heyman how how he does what he does. La. And um, it's very interesting because Paul, they basically like how Hawani just talks to me. Okay, let's 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 just play a game where I'm trying to you know trash talk you and you trying to trash talk me la. and uh and and you know it, it's it's a very interesting watch because I think Paul Heyman shows that uh trash talking isn't what you think trash talking is la. You know it's not mm. it's not just always about talking talking shit or talking down to your to your opponent. You see, uh yeah. and then half of it is actually actually promoting your opponent to the point that they seem so good but at the end you say that ah but I am better than you you know you know just at the end so 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 it's a very counterintuitive way to think about how to promote uh, you know whether you're someone you're fighting or or anything that you're doing like in general where you don't start off by trash talking people you start off by really like building them up but then always inserting yourself at the end you know and uh, and, yeah yeah. yeah, it was just a very how did the how did Sorry? the
0: mock uh, trash talking actually go down?
1: Yeah, because Ariel Hamani was like just trying to like, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're lousy, you're, you're pathetic, you're a piece of shit, and I'm like, I'll, 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 I'll make a, an example of you, you know, just that kind of very typical trash talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, which, is know, I would, the, which
0: is what which is I would imagine trash talking is. Yeah, what? yeah.
1: That's what people you know play basketball. They're like, oh, you know, given nicknames and stuff like that. But Paul Heyman talks about the other. The other way of doing it, and and uh, it's it's quite captivating to to watch how he, how his mind goes about it lah. La. Yeah, oh, so uh, he
0: actually demonstrates it la.
1: He demonstrates it on the spot it and tells him and tells him why it wasn't good and all that. La. yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's a, it's That's pretty cool. interesting. It's just a, a few minutes, but uh, even for someone who like me who's watched a lot of like wrestling and I mean, then you try to understand why, how people like Conor McGregor and all that. Why is it that they're so you know captivating to watch when they speak on the mic and all that? Then you understand yeah. why. La yeah oh. this is very interesting yeah but I'll oh, put a link cool. in the description as well
0: cool man cool 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 alright uh, that, that's all I guess alright thank you all okay <laughs> what a what a like, what a weird way to end huh? but I guess we always end weird huh? mm. so so thanks for listening